for checking out the Missio Day Humble Park podcast and joining us as we join God as he makes all things new. We are excited to pursue his heart for the greatest city on earth and the center of the city in this great neighborhood of Humble Park. So here we are, message number eight, if anybody is counting. Week number eight since we've been meeting, of course, this is the first one in a new series. That's going to be just four weeks for those who want to plan ahead until we go into Advent season. But this is a little mini-series about the juicy fruit, the fruits of the Spirit. Now, as you know, we the last uh, series we did was about Jesus' seven I Am statements, ending with I Am the True Vine. The true vine encourages us to have fruitfulness as we abide in Jesus. Therefore, it's a good segue or a good lead-in into juicy fruit. How do we experience these gifts that are of the Spirit? Because gifts denote it's not something that you should basically work for. It's only about receiving. As we know, the love process exists in two pieces, giving and receiving. If you are good at one and you're not good at the other, you are experiencing only half of the love process, which people love to give a lot of times, but don't try to give them anything. They won't receive it. It exists and experiences the fullness of it in giving and receiving. Jesus gave his life on a cross to forgive our sins. We have to receive this free gift in order to complete the circle of love, or if you like Lion King, the circle of life. So this is juicy fruit. How do we get this fruit that lasts, that is abundant, that is beyond more than we could ask or think, beyond more that can be provided for us by Thanksgiving or can be provided for us by Valentine's Day or yes, even provided for us by a holiday like Christmas, but we have access to it. Ooh, I just love the Christmas spirit. Oh, you mean the Holy Spirit? You know, no, no, it's just like this cozy vibe. You mean the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's what's happening. Just to keep it straight, just so we know exactly what's going on, (laughs) that this is the Holy Spirit that's providing it for us. So, we're going to start at the beginning of the list that is in Galatians 5 and 22 with love. Everything begins with love. Our lives begin with love. Our life with Jesus begins with love. They all come together and create this awesome and amazing, beautiful process that we get to go through. In Galatians 5 and 22, after Paul lists all these things that we're not supposed to be doing in life, you know, sexual immorality, uh, drunkenness, you know, deceitfulness, all these things, and he comes with a but, a big but that is the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such there is no Law, Father, I thank you today that there is no law except the law that love 
always wins. And as a result, Father, we have been paid for by a price. We have experienced the love and grace of Jesus Christ as he gave his life on a cross for us. And in this beautiful exchange, we have gotten the greatest gift ever, that is the Holy Spirit himself. And as such, let us experience through this a more... um, abundant fruits and a more abundant gifts that are coming from you by way of your spirit. And I thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I was just talking with the Clarks about the beauty of nature and all the diversity of the things that God creates. If he wants to infuse some honey with a flavor, you know, we don't have to do it manually. You just put some blossoms near the honey and the bees will take the pollen and make their honey with that flavor. Let's say I wanted jasmine or I wanted orange or I wanted apple. It's such a beautiful process that God has created all these different ways that we have in the world to experience this fruit and even the fruit that we have access to is more endless than that. And in this list, which Paul is really aware of because he was a very smart guy, meaning he understood the history of Israel and his Jewish faith and was raised studying the Torah and knew the context in which he was speaking and knew the way to talk. So when he makes this list, the first fruit, which is a principle in Jewish culture where you would give the first of your harvest, the best of your harvest. Abel gave a better sacrifice and a gift to God than Cain because it was the first. It was the best. It wasn't the last that he had. The first fruit in this list is love. It is the best. It is the um, rhythm. It is the flavor for which our lives take on. You want to know if somebody is following Jesus? Check the love in their life. Check their ability to lay down their lives for one another, to even inconvenience themselves for someone that they don't even know. You have to start with the first fruit. God wants the best of us, not the last, the least, what we have left over. Because Jesus was the first fruit. The best thing he had, he gave to us. He didn't wait until everything was completely emptied out of heaven and then went around knocking around and said, let's see what we got. Let me like pull up in some cupboards and see what we have for the people here. No, the first and best thing was his son. And he gave it to us. That is good news, amen? Great, amazing, wonderful news. So when we see this list and there is the first fruit that is love, it is important. And the seminal chapter on love is 1 John 4. And in 1 John 4 and 12, it says, no one has seen God at any time. Talk about Halloween. We serve a God that we can't see. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. 
and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in him, he who abides in love, abides in God, and God in him. No one has seen God at any time. This is crazy. In John 14 and 26, in John 15 and 26, when God is, Jesus is telling us who he is leaving for us, and that is the comforter, the helper and the Holy Spirit. This is the thing. The fruit is tasty, but it doesn't come except through the Holy Spirit. Something that blew my mind as I was preparing this message, think about all the money that we spend attempting to get what Jesus gave us for free. You probably want an example. Think about joy. How much money is spent on comedy movies? How much money is spent on going to comedy clubs, supporting comedians? Why? We need joy in our lives. Let's pay somebody for it. Oh, actually, Jesus already paid for it. Oh, you want another one? What about peace? We love peace. I need to go on vacation to find peace. How much money is spent on flying around the world, being in different locations so that we may reasonably have peace. And the biggest of them all is love. How much is spent on sordid, immoral ways to experience love Because this is what Jesus has already paid for. Maybe this is a story of humanity. Us attempting to pay for and get what Jesus already has given to us. Through the gift of his spirit. Made a gift for us and we're like, you know, move out of the way. I still need to pay for this. And Jesus is like, sure, if you want some fruit that isn't juicy, that isn't going to be anything equal to what I can give you, this comes from us as a spirit. And he is sending us even the helper. And some say that he's sending us the comforter. But the comforter is one that we don't need if we are not willing to get uncomfortable. Because our gifts are best unwrapped in crazy circumstances. You only need peace if you're in the middle of a storm. You will never know what kind of peace is inside you if you drive around every storm. (laughs) That's wild. We'll never know what joy is inside of us if we deny and say, nope, I never mourn. I've never mourned before. I've never grieve before. In the midst of those places is when we understand the true, true gift. These gifts are activated by hard times and troubles. But Jesus has given us this Holy Spirit freely. And John 20 and 20, which I'm not going to, I don't have up here. He um, breathes on his disciples 
And as he breathes on his disciples, he says, receive the Holy Spirit. I'm sure there's something in there. Eventually, we're going to do a series on the Holy Spirit, the working, not just the uh, fruit of the Spirit, but also the gifts of the Spirit. He gives us so much freely, yet there's so small amount that we take advantage of, and they are in the Trinity that is not in hierarchy, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we have the CEO, right? And we have the heir, and then we have the underling, which is the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't work that way in heaven. They all are loving in a loving community. Therefore, they can lay their lives down and submit to one another. They are three in one. They don't care who is out front. Wow. Even as we haven't seen God, if we love another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. How odd is it that God decides to live in our hearts and we live in him? What is God's will for my life? What should I be pursuing? What is my desire? You probably should ask yourself that. Because you're in God. He's in you. He trusts you. He loves you. We don't have to be afraid of making a decision outside of his will when we have melded our hearts together. Jesus said, when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. I am leaving so that you could have this helper. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in us. We are just in this continual symbiosis and abiding with him and him abiding with us. And I wouldn't believe any of this and I wouldn't know any of this if I haven't tested it, if I haven't seen it manifest so many times, so many ways. One morning I knew that I was going with a friend to have lunch downtown. I was praying the night before. I asked God, okay, is there something that you want me to do when I'm down there? Somebody I should pray for. God said, I want you to pray for a woman. She has pain in her left knee and she has on a yellow sweater. I was like, that sounds strangely specific. I don't know how I'm supposed to find this woman downtown. So I go and eat lunch with this friend in this big corporate building downtown, and I come out in front of the building. I felt like I should just wait there. I asked God, how long should I wait there? He said, about five minutes. You should just wait. So I just waited there, and in about two minutes, I see a lady walking by with a black, you know, it's cold outside, so you can't see if anybody has a sweater on or what color even it is. And I see a lady with a black jacket on. I could see a yellow sweater through her jacket. I'm like, uh, okay, I think that's her. And she's walking into a restaurant. And I say, hey, ma'am, uh, do you have pain in your left knee? She's like, yes. And goes in the restaurant. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I take stock of myself. I'm 6'4". I'm black. Should I follow her into the restaurant? <laughs> yes, I should. <laughs> Follow her to the restaurant. It's like, hey, what happened with your knee? What's going on? And she's like, um, she's had surgery a lot and, you know, stands on her feet all the time and it's painful. And this is strangely around this time when it happened. 
in a season. And so I'm just standing by her talking to her, and I'm like, so how does your knee feel right now? She's like, it feels, it feels a lot better, actually. I'm just talking to her. I'm just close to her. Um, and as the more that I talk to her, it's like God just really starts to minister to her. And all I did was show her concern and love. But in the midst of understanding who abides in me, that means that's what abides around me. And God loves to love people. If you didn't know it by now, God loves people. But sometimes all he's asking us is to lay down whatever agenda we have for a mere moment and follow him and lay down our lives for someone else. In verse 14, in the same passage, it says, As we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. So there's a, there seems to be a, a process in here. We learn that God abides in us, and his love is in him, and it's in us, and we love it. It's awesome. And then confessions should happen. We love Jesus. That is awesome. He abides in us. We abide in him. Then confession happens. But confession is just the beginning of the process. You know when you get married and you have a wedding and you, I love you so much. You read your vows. It's amazing. Everybody is touched. Everybody is crying. That's the freaking beginning. <laughs> Nothing has been proved yet. It's all potential. Nothing has been solidified same with our life with Jesus. We were saved. We experienced the salvation. Jesus, you're the son of God. And it says in, um, in Romans 10, 9 through 10, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Jesus, I love you. You're awesome. You're amazing. We don't have any fruit to prove that. Does that make sense? We don't have any fruit to prove how much we love Jesus. The juicy fruit comes later via his Holy Spirit. And I think the moment that we get to meet Jesus, whatever time that is, the reason that we will all be in tears is we will go back through our lives and see where we chose Jesus above everything else. We said, Jesus, I lay down my life for you. This is the same time it is with marriage. We are confessing, I love you. Now it's time to see the fruits of that love. Can we choose somebody else? Peter was good at that, confessing something that he had no proof quite yet. But this is what faith is all about. I'm not here to knock confession. Confession is actually what pulls us into the orchard. By saying, yes, Jesus is Lord of my life, and then repeating that every day for the rest of my life. 
so that it doesn't wane. We come out hot. I love you. You're amazing. Everybody's crying. And then two weeks later, I gotta wake, I'm waking up next to the same person. Where's my party now, Lord? <laughs> Nobody is dancing now. What's going on? <laughs> we really concentrate so many times on the events and the confession, which is an important in our process. But you'll see exactly what comes next. Even a gospel during our lives can be treated like a buffet where we, you know, it's one of the good things in our life that make our life worth living. It's, it's just one of things on a buffet. When all life, all fruits, and all goodness comes from the Lord. Remember? Remember, we want to pay for things that Jesus has already paid for. That he's given us love. That he's given us access to peace. That he's given us access to joy. Of no cost. Why should we be like children? Because children don't need to pay somebody to make them laugh. They don't need a whole, like, icebreaker to make a friend at the playground. <laughs> They're like, uh, you're a person, I'm a person, let's be friends. <laughs> we become adults and we're, like, comparing each other and we're like, I don't know. They're in a different socioeconomic, like, category than I am. Can we be friends? We don't like the same things. They like country. I like hip-hop, you know. We do all this comparison. Be like children because they know the fruit is free. They're not trying to like do these things. And we get older and more mature and we say, surely there is something that I should be doing about all these things that I need in my life. I pray that we would be a church full of people who are not trying to escape from a life by paying for what Jesus has already paid for. That we're not like going around looking for fruit that he made a way for. I'm sure that's got to be daunting sometimes to see us do that. So as we abide and we confess Jesus, we experience what the evidence of our faith looks like. The evidence of this fruit being in our lives, evidence of the fruit of love is laying down our lives for each other. It's choosing someone above yourself. It is being generous when you don't want to be generous. This is a fruit of a life lived in love and continuing to do this. Love is not a weak thing that gives you butterflies in your stomach and flutters in your heart. And it is this strong fabric that is binds all mankind to God. What the heck? 
so simplistic it is during Valentine's Day. But it's this beautiful fabric, this power that calls us forward. And here Paul says, it is a fruit. I remember once I worked at a church that was on the west side of Chicago. And it was an older church, and it was a guy that I did video with. We videoed the services. And you ever have somebody close to you who's just going through it? You know what I'm saying? Like, homie was, you know, I think he got kicked out of his house. He had, like, been in a car accident, but would come to church to serve faithfully. It was like the church that he grew up in. And he's coming in. I think he's got like a Band-Aid on his head because he's in a car accident. And I'm like, uh, man, are you okay? And he's like, man, I'm just going through it. This is horrible. This is bad. This is. And I ask him, are you saved? I didn't think I ever knew that before. He gave me this weird look, got up and went into the Terry room. So I told you it was an old church, Okay. Old churches have Terry rooms where you go and pray for the Holy Spirit to fall on you. So he goes in this Terry room, and then another pastor follows him in there, and the last thing I hear is, boom! Homies fell out. (laughs) That's all I hear. That's all I know. He fell out. And the pastor comes out and tells me that he's received Christ in his life. He's been in a church his whole life, but has never received Christ. God even shows his love and kindness towards us by drawing us during trials. That's his love attempting to say, you know, you probably want to turn here. And not keep going the direction that you're going in. But this is his kindness for us. And not only do we confess, but In 16, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. We have our abiding, we have our confession, and then we know and believe the love that God has for us. that that opens up knowledge and knowing. But we don't get to know what we have not persevered through in trials. That we count it all joy when we face trials. Why? Because we have this fruit available to sustain us. Not laughable fruit, as we will talk about joy. I love joy. Anybody love joy? 
<laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Peace. Long-suffering. This juicy, juicy fruit. But if you don't have love, then you don't get the rest of them. Because if I have all these things, it says in 1 Corinthians 13 and 1, and I have not love, everything that I do is a clanging symbol. The world cannot hear me. They can't hear my message if I am trying to do it from a place of continuing comfort. Why? Because I don't want to get uncomfortable, even though I have the comforter who is an expert in discomfort. Even the threat of discomfort scares us off. I don't want to be known as this crazy Christian. I don't want to be known as this person who just like is a Bible thumper. What about like a, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something that's like not as bad as thumping a Bible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what about a Bible holder? Yeah, that's not, that's not as bad as dumping, right? I don't want to be going door to door and doing all this stuff. What links will you not go to when you are in love? You hang up. No, you hang up. You hang up. We will go to extreme lengths when we are in love to show someone that we love them. All of a sudden, we confess, Jesus, yes, you're the son of God. We're in a pool of tears, and then we start counting the cost and backing off of that same passionate love, and we wonder where the fruit is because it all proceeds from our passionate love for Jesus because he loves us so much. This is my prayer always that God would open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, 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 I want to see you. In Ephesians 1 and 17, Paul writes to the church of Ephesus, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. 
I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in a holy people and his incomparably great power for those who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion in every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one that is to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church which is the body the fullness of him who fills everything in every way God how good it is to know that God is love abiding in him makes his love available worship makes his love known and action continues to show our belief how could Peter confess who Jesus was and still turn his back on him. Because we confess what we know and believe by practicing it daily. Laying our lives down brings the fruits of love to us. And encourages us to continue in the way that it blossoms. I have this picture here of us when we were, it was just me, but we all went. It was, uh, we went to an orchard and it was at Mount Hood in Oregon. So it was this orchard like up in a valley, up in the mountains. And it's just astounding to think this is one place on earth and God has so much more in abundance that he's created for us to discover just because he loves us so much.